When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast. Coming up on this week's edition of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky. Jeff Goldblum tells us all about his new album, I Shouldn't Be Telling You This. Hugh Dennis brings us the headlines ahead of the eagerly awaited return of Series 17. Yes, that's Series 17 of Mock the Week. And Dawn Porter brings us buckets of laughter with her joyous new book, So Lucky. Plus loads more great guests. Enjoy, my friends, enjoy. He's upstaged a load of dinosaurs in Jurassic Park by simply unbuttoning his shirt and revealing his glistening chest. Well, now he's stealing the show by tinkling his beautiful jazzy ivories. His second album, I Shouldn't Be Telling You This, is out tomorrow. And here to tell us all about it is the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Goldblum. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Chris. Thanks so much for doing this. Well, you're very welcome. How's my studio back home? It's fantastic. It, it misses you. Everybody here is uh, is uh, blue because you're not here. No, that's not true. All uh, right, it's Halloween. Come on. From a movie point of view, have you ever Halloween? Have you ever, you know, how scary is uh, Have you ever done a Halloween movie? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, The Fly was a scary movie. Yeah. I just saw David Cronenberg, speaking of which, the other day. He came over to my house for the first time ever who directed that movie. You know, wonderful Canadian director. The Fly, that was pretty scary. Let me see. I did a couple other scary movies. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Uh, long Before You Were Born, I did. Uh, <laughs> That's nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah, a couple of scary movies. I guess those dinosaur movies are kind of scary. And we're going to do yeah. another one of those around these parts come this uh, summer. I'm going to be here shooting with Laura Dern and Sam Neill and uh, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. And Colin Trevorrow is the great director. He's going to be uh, writing and directing it. And uh, I can't wait. All right. We're going to talk to you about uh, the new album. I shouldn't be telling you this. Um, it's out tomorrow. But first of all, let's have a tune. See if you're any good still at this uh, music making. Let's have you uh, featuring Gregory Porter together um, in happy musical harmony with Make Someone Happy. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Loving this, Jeff. I'm loving this, but this is amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I I love it too. Gregory Porter is one of my favorite people of all time. He's one of the great human beings on this earth, and uh, what a what an artist. Oh my lord. He's very special. He's actually magical. He's heavenly. He's properly heavenly. He's ethereally heavenly. Yes, I agree. He exudes something that lifts your entire life when you contact him or just listen to him like this. Yeah, so how long have you known him for? Well, not a long time. I ran into him at an airport some several years ago, a few years ago. I went up to him presumptuously and said, oh my gosh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say how much I adore you and just uh, love everything you do. And it uh, was some time after that that we were both on the Graham Norton show 
And uh, that's when I played on the show uh, with him. He did that Mona Lisa song, Nat King Colza. And that's when Rebecca Allen and Tom Lewis from DECA, who he was working with, um, uh, saw it and said, hey, maybe we'll do an album with Jeff. And that's, uh, that's how come we're here. Well, uh, thank you, thank you to Graham Norton, thank heaven, and thank you to the universe for making that happen. Uh, what about Miley Cyrus? Tell us about how you bumped into her. Isn't was that an- another airport situation? Uh, no, it was an airport situation. <laughs> yeah, she's on this album. She sings uh, "The Thrill Is Gone." She's just spectacular on it. No, I had done that second um, movie with Liam Hemsworth, the second Hemsworth brother that I'd worked with, the other one being on uh, uh, Chris on uh, Thor. But I worked with Liam on that second Independence Day movie, and they were uh, going together. And uh, short, uh, sometime after, shortly to be uh, married. And um, she was delightful, and I love him. And they were, it was great to see them together on a couple of occasions. And that was it. And then when we uh, were putting this album together, we had this idea of having interesting, delicious singers on it, uh, unexpected, from unexpected places. And, uh, you know, I, I just tried to make contact and somehow did. We sent videos back and forth to each other. Then uh, we recorded our part. She recorded her part and we put it all together. Uh, I, I couldn't be more thrilled. She's just uh, spectacular. Okay, talking to Jeff Goldblum. Album is out tomorrow, the new album. I shouldn't be telling you this. Okay, this single makes someone happy featuring Gregory Porter, no less. It is out now. Uh, but you are. I mean, you can live the dream and then there's something, you know, may come beyond that. And I think you're pretty much there. So so can you let us know what that is? Because you know you you, ha- you have your, your gorgeous family now. Yeah. You have your amazing acting career. Uh, you have the you, this is your life, and your David Cronenberg showing up on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon by the pool there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and then you, then you sort of skip down to the heart of Hollywood, to the Henson Recording Studios, home to records from Herb Alpert and John Lennon and the Carpenters and Joni Mitchell yeah. and Carol King. Yeah. I mean, you know, when 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 your day of reckoning comes, Jeff. It's not been terrible, has it, really? <laughs> oh, my gosh. How did I get so lucky? What happened? I don't know how it all happened. I grew up, I was a uh, simple kid from Pittsburgh and uh, watching the Steelers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's about the luckiest thing I can I can imagine, you know. But, but you're, so, you're so laid back. You, 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 you take all this so lightly, which is, is the way to take it. But it's so difficult sometimes to bear that in mind. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't seem ambitious. You know, were you ever ambitious? Were you, were you ever chumping at the bit? Can you get to where you've got without being like that? Well, I don't know if you call it ambition. I was uh, inflamed with passion. Somehow, early on, I got this idea uh, about acting. And I was just overflowing with some kind of ecstasy and 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 also future sort of, uh, you know, fantasy about <laughs> I must make this my life. I got to do this, you know, but it was a kind of a wild hearted sort of creative, you know, adventure idea. And that but and that's what happened. Who knows how much of that attracted anything that's happened or is still happening. But I, I know I took seriously the study of it. My dad was a doctor and had a, a big, a strong work ethic that uh, that um, thankfully I, I uh, you know, um, took after a little bit. So I still am very disciplined. I get up and play piano every day, do my work workload and work on my part that I'm uh, every day and work out every day before I wake the kids and, and, uh, and give them breakfast and take them to school. And so, you know, I, I, I do work hard. Who knows how much that has contributed, but uh, uh, maybe. 
Maybe. You're Jeff, you, you're awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. You're awesome. I can't thank you enough. On your vacation to do this. Thank you. I know. By the way, you looked a little too comfortable in my chair there for a few <laughs> moments. Can you stop that, please? Can you? Let's trade places for a, no, for a, a no, few no. days. No, no, no. Get him out now. Get him out now. <laughs> He's nice. He's nice up to a point, that Jeff Goldblum. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's a writer, actor, and all-round comedy behemoth. He's been stealing the show on Mock the Week since 2005, and there's plenty more to come as its 17th series starts this Friday. Turns out there's plenty to mock in the news at the moment. Who'd have thought? Please welcome the hilarious Hugh Dennis. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Chris. How are you? <laughs> Very well. We're here to talk about the 17th series, 17 of Mock the Week. Have you been on it since the start? I can't remember. I have. No, I've done every show on Mock the Week, bar the, uh, bar the pilot. Right. Um, and Dara has done, did the pilot. So Dara's done one show more than me, which is so very, very upsetting. So who, could, could, do we mention who was the other captain? I don't know. I don't know who it was. I've never asked. I That's really, intriguing. I genuinely don't know. OK, um, all right. Well, let's, let's forget it. Let's unask yeah. the question, because now I know it. <laughs> if you don't want to know, I don't want to know. All <laughs> uh, right, so Mock of the Week, 17th series, um, uh, Friday the 1st of November. This Friday, what a week to come back on BBC Two and the BBC iPlayer at uh, 10pm. A, a, an embarrassment of riches, I would imagine. Or, or is there more pressure to be funny? Well, I mean, it's sort of, in a way, it's the same story which has been going on and 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 on. Well, you've got to deal with all this from a, yeah. an amusing point of view. So, yeah. good luck with that one. Well, thank you very much. I'm still, <laughs> I still, I think I said this last series actually, but I'm still slightly in favour. I know we're not allowed to mention Brexit. Of considering other possibilities like off-peak membership of the European Union. Yeah, that'd be overseas. Yeah, overseas membership. Oh, no, we are you, can, overseas. you can use the EU in the evenings and the weekends, but you get, the... but you pay less for it. How, how does how does mock the work, mock the week work as a show? So when do you get to where you get to, and, and how does the day does the day pan out for you guys? The day, well, I mean, it, we literally just record for actually we record for about three hours on. Right. Uh, I think it's on Wednesday. <laughs> I ought to work that out before. <laughs> Before the week that'd goes be, much further. That'll be tomorrow, by yeah, the way, Hugh. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. And we just record for three hours, which makes us look much cleverer than we actually are. But the no, rest I of don't... the time, we're just... Because um, they edit it down to 28 minutes. And, and is, is it an enjoyable experience? Is it, you know, is it, because, you know, you think about Prime Minister's question time, you know, for real and things that go... And they dread it. Uh, I don't know a Prime Minister that hasn't, you know. Um, you know, in your melting pot, your pressure pot of, you know, got to be funny, is it something you enjoy? You do enjoy it, don't you? Of course you I do. Know, yeah, well, I wouldn't do it unless I, <laughs> unless I enjoyed that, I think. But, it, uh, yeah, it is sort of... It is kind of slightly pressured, but it, as you say, it's sort of like asking a, you know... A, you say to a doctor, I couldn't do what you do. How do you, why are you a surgeon? And he can't, well, it's just what I do. It's what I like. So I don't know whether it's difficult or not, really. I just, uh, I think probably I'm just a natural show off. Am I? Is that the psychological, no, I don't think you are. Is that the psychological across... take? No, I think you and I think the whole thing about Mock the Week is it could be very show offy, but it, it, it isn't. I mean, it is very like whose line it, is it anyway? And it comes from the genius that is Dan Patterson uh, and mm. his pal as well, doesn't it? Of course it does. Uh, but back in 2005, 17 series on. Can you remember the lineup for tomorrow? Uh, the, your pals that you're going to you know, have tomorrow? I actually don't know the lineup tomorrow. So that's that. I can't help you with that question. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, no, that would be great. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know you're gonna I'm be on. Am I? Am I on? No, actually, you're not mentioned. I'm not on. Oh, no. <laughs> no the, the bloke who did the pilot is back. Um, <laughs> no. 
you're joined this Friday by guests uh, Ishan Akbar, uh, Angela Barnes, Ed Gamble, Reese James, and Sindhu V. Happy with that? Oh, uh, what a lineup! That's actually yeah. a really, really, really good lineup. So, your program, the recording of your program, and the yeah. broadcasting of your program. Uh, spans Thursday, so Thursday Thursday's mm. not going to feature. And now a lot no. could happen on Thursday because it's and, and it, indeed, had it been, uh, you know, had yeah. we have, have left Europe, what would you have done about not mentioning that? Uh, well, we, I think we uh, we we tend to say <laughs> now we're recording this on Wednesday and things might change because there's nothing you can do. It's one of the it's it's one of the odd things until this year. Yep. When, when news has become so fast and things change in 10 minutes. I mean, what I'm saying now probably isn't true, you know, by half past nine. Right. But normally, what's kind of interesting about it is that is there is no news on a Monday and there's generally no news on a Friday because news happens when people want news to happen. Is it true you were once um, approached by MI, MI5? Yeah. Uh, to yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, when I was at university, I was asked... Um, I was approached to see if I was interested in being a spy. Can you imagine how bad a spy I would have been? Well, see, now, my brother-in-law, Tom, is a spy. How do you know that? And why has he he's told you that? Yeah. Does that not make him quite a bad spy if he's told no, you he's a spy? It makes, it makes him a brilliant spy because I talk about it all the time on the radio, which is the perfect cover. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Or, but not as good a cover as not having told anyone. <laughs> Or how do ever you... talked about it. <laughs> how did they approach you, please? Uh, I just got approached in my final year at university by, uh, a, you know, in that classic way that you read about in Le Carre, by a, a sort of a tutor. He said, are you interested in intelligence? And I thought, right. well, I am. I'd like some more of it, really. But I haven't, yeah, it w- haven't got quite enough. It wasn't to, to do with your next exam or anything like no, that? No, no, no. It was nothing like that. And then I off I trotted down to uh, have an interview in... Uh, off Piccadilly somewhere. Oh, and you get, went? You went? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, definitely went. Me. Why would you not do that? You know. What happens at the chat? Oh, they just, uh, they sort of uh, stare at you, uh, oh. ask you kind of <laughs> slightly uh, tricky questions. Yeah. And um, loads of them, as far as I remember, three or four in a room. And just how looking you think very you did? sort of I mean, I obviously think, you didn't do great, but how did you think you did? Uh, I think I thought I hadn't done very good. I think it became pretty <laughs> obvious to me very early on that it wasn't really for me. It's, right. not, it's not how you would imagine it, I don't think, spy. Right, no. I don't know what your... Uh, was he, Tom? He's your brother-in-law. Tom, he's, your... Spying, he's, in Am- he's currently spying in Amsterdam. Is he? What do you yeah. spy on in Amsterdam? I don't know. He won't tell us. He won't tell me that well, bit. He'll tell you he's in Amsterdam. <laughs> That is the yeah. perfect cover. You can do whatever you want. Awesome to have you on the show. You're always welcome at the top of the news tower. Uh, Mock the Week back for its 17th series this Friday, 1st of November, BBC Two. Uh, and on BBC iPlayer, rock and roll. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From making documentaries about her favourite movie, Dirty Dancing, to hitting the top spot of the Sunday Times bestseller list, this lady has done it all. Her new novel, So Lucky, shows that nothing is as perfect as it looks. Except, of course, the vision of beauty sat in the studio right now. Please welcome the wonderful Dawn O'Porter. Hello. Good Thank morning, you. Dawn. Oh, good morning. Dawn, your book, your book, your book, your sweet, sweet book. <laughs> sweet, is, that's one oh, word for it. Seriously, it's gorgeous. <laughs> Thank so you. So Lucky by Dawn O'Porter. Don't judge a woman by her cover. So I started reading it on the plane, two and a half hour flight, on the plane uh, from Heathrow over to Faro in the Algarve on Friday. I finished reading it yesterday afternoon. I threw it down outside 
by the pool and I said I finished it I finished it and we said oh can I have it next can I have it next it's brilliant thank um, you Ruby, Beth, Bonnie, Risky, Ross, uh, Lauren and Adam. That's that's my favourite in order. Is that okay? Yep, that's great. Uh, you're going to have to explain everything. Uh, by the way, that's, it's hurrah to those guys. Boo to Rebecca. Boo, Gavin. Mayra, hate her. Uh, and all the other ne'er-do-wells. Yes. Uh, so I think Ruby and Beth... To me, they're like a modern Cain and Abel without the boys' bits, okay? Without the animosity, <laughs> without the knotted uh, logic, uh, but, uh, but equally as messed up uh, by their past and present, though hopefully not their future. Right, you need to take over, and you need to say something now that's going to make everybody buy this book, because oh. it's so good. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, my goodness. Well, I think we live in an age where everyone can put out a... a a piece of themselves and generally it's the it's the best and so this is a book that shines a light on what really goes on in people's lives ruby is my favorite character i've ever written in my life and may remain that way forever she is a difficult hurt woman um she's a mother she finds that incredibly hard but her pain comes from her past and it comes from a physical condition that she's battling every day that makes her want to hide from the world and um writing her kind of rise to working herself out and coming out of herself was just an absolute joy. Beth is on a slightly saucy saucy is that <laughs> journey? <laughs> saucy Colourful. journey. Fruity. Colourful. It's a bit little bit fruity. A little bit fruity. A new mum whose husband um won't touch her intimately and that drives her kind of crazy and um and the book is kind of her reaction to that and in the end it's really as most of my books do it's um it all amalgamates with the the strength and the power of what happens when women come together and support each other how much of you is in ruby how much of you is in beth dare i ask how much of you is in risky right <laughs> um and how much of you is in Lauren? And, and Lauren is the world's... Her, her, it's her world, I understand least, which is the world of Instagram. Yes. Um, so much of me in Ruby. She's, I mean, no one that ever met me would ever think that there was any of me in Ruby. But I think as a mum to toddlers, I appreciate what a battle that can be sometimes and how sometimes you just want to open the front door and just walk and keep on walking. And I, on my worst days of being a mum, I, I pummeled all of that into Ruby. Beth... Um, I'm not yeah. going to know because my dad's what did listening. You pop, and what did you pummel into Beth? <laughs> she, well, she got pummeled. Dorno, she got pummeled by all sorts of things. But I'm um, I'm not going to say how I relate to Beth because my dad's probably listening and he read the book twice. Um, as far as Risky is concerned, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little story about Risky. Um, that name, Chris and I, when we were having our second uh, baby who ended up being called Valentine, a little boy, we didn't know if he was going to be a boy or a girl. We were so desperate for a girl's name. I think the night before I went into labour out having a curry trying to get the baby out and um, as we're walking out of the restaurant I just said risky that's it risky if we have a little girl we'll call her risky and by the time we got home Chris was like it's just a dog no. isn't it it's just a dog but I loved it so much I was like one of my characters has to be called risky and she couldn't have been more perfect for that name um, now Lauren who is the Instagram star in your book uh, Lauren Pierce who's about to marry dastardly Gavin I can say that much without reading anything who seems to have quite a nice brother called Adam um, she's an Instagram sensation but and you are too aren't you because my mate Charlize uh, PR Charlize who's 40 um, and <laughs> she could be in your book she so wants to be in your book by the way um, she, you know she she can't she worships your Instagram oh, feed. Oh, that's nice. So, so, you, so you know about this world, don't you? So, so is it, do you find sometimes even for yourself, it's a, it's a, it's a very sort of um, uh, 
precarious tightrope to tread? Actually, I really enjoy it. For me, it's a completely positive thing. But I think the reason it's so positive for me is because I'm completely myself on it. And I think if anybody is... Um, you know, trying to be more more beautiful or more fantastic or more anything than they are in real life, then the problem is you start to feel like you disappoint people when they really meet you. So you can't maintain that level of whatever it is you're putting out there. So for me, it's an incredibly positive thing. I feel like it's my own kind of silly live TV channel where no one's editing me and I just get to be a real prat and have fun. Some cracking lines as well that you can pull out of this. Um... Uh, there's a whole paragraph here which I could read that leads into it, but I'll just, I'll just give the line. If you're not dressing for yourself by 45, then you need to have a major rethink. Well, there that's you go. A cra- <laughs> that's a cracking line, isn't it? Well, you would hope so, that by the time people are 45, they're like, yeah, they're dressing for themselves. Uh, so usually we have authors on and their book is already out, but yours isn't out until Thursday. Yes. Um, you know, you, this is a, it's a worldwide book because it's... You know, this this will cross any Rubicon, won't it? Are you are you big around the rest of the planet? I'm not. Well, I live in California, and it's quite strange because um, a friend who um, has a, a West Hollywood clothing store has offered to throw me a launch um, in LA in a couple of weeks, and I'm terrified because no one in America knows who I am. So <laughs> I'm hoping that this this book kind of maybe is the beginning of that American dream. Well, hang on a minute. Just 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 hold your horses there because um, Ozzy, Nick and I uh, and, and my wife and her sisters and various unborn babies in the villa and various babies that have been born and spy Tom, my brother-in-law, who's an actual spy. Um, we, we, we have talked about buying the rights for your book uh, for a movie. Um, are you up for that negotiation? Oh, yes, 100%. This is Come overwhelming. This is, but it's, it reads like a movie. Has nobody optioned the rights to this yet? Not yet. No one's read it yet, Chris. Oh, come on, we've got to get in there, Aussie Nick. This could be this time next year. Aussie Nick, seriously. This is step one of my book tour, by the way. I don't think I've ever been on a radio interview where the host has actually read the book. So this is really surprising. How can you not read this book? Oh, I love you for this. I love you. I've always loved you, but this has just topped it. It's funny. It's thrilling. Uh, I was gripped by every syllable, every comma, every paragraph. And when it ended, Dorno Porter, when it ended, this book, I was like, I really don't want this to end. I want more of Ruby and I want more of Beth. Am I going to get it? Well, I mean, after this, maybe. (laughs) Maybe I need to do a second instalment. Thank you, Chris. I'm so grateful. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We've heard from three guests already, but there's loads more still to come. Marcus Waring tells us how to get the most out of the kitchen cupboards with recipes from his brand new cookbook, Marcus Every Day. Emily Penn is flying the flag for preventing plastic pollution, telling us how we can do our bit to save the world's oceans. And the ruggedly handsome trio of TriStar 
the rugby-playing man band Tom Evans, Ben Foden and Levi Davis tell us about taking part in X Factor Celebrity. All that and more, but first, Dapper Dave, who's next? If you stay away from souffle or get put out by complicated trout, then fear not. Our next guest has just the recipe book for you. He's one of the finest chefs in the country, and he's made it nice and easy to copy him. His new book, Marcus Every Day, is out now. So please, welcome a man that anyone should be itching to get in their kitchen. It's the wonderful Marcus Waring. Good morning, Marcus. Morning, morning, morning. Itching to get in your kitchen, Marcus, <laughs> every day. Da, 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 Marcus, oh. every day. Uh, so, Marcus, seventh book. It's gorgeous. There you are on the front. I love the mm. title, Marcus, every day. Da, 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 Marcus, mm. every day. Easy family food for every kind of day. That's right. Um, look, looking straight away at the recipes. Let's get stuck into these. Uh, roast chicken breast with fennel salad and romesco sauce. How very dare you? Delicious. It's absolutely delicious. I mean, there's so many great recipes in here, but this is this book is a little bit about every day. And I think what we all need sort of to get used to is that we need to be very careful what we're buying, what we're cooking, and we need to be incredibly healthy in what we're thinking. But we've got to shop better, Chris. We need to really focus on our shopping. And sometimes, you know, if you ever looked in the fridge and some your family say to me, Dad, there's nothing in the fridge to eat, I've got a chapter here that is about waste, not want, not taking the food that doesn't look too great in your fridge and actually cooking yep. it and eating it. Yeah, we did that thing, you know, the um, the old fridge and freezer clear out every six weeks to eight, eight, eight weeks. And it's, you know, often you end up with the best meals of the month. That's right, because you're thinking about it a little bit more. I think sometimes we, we're too used to ready meals. We're too used to just getting things, food delivered at the door. And I think it's about time that we got back into our kitchens. This book is all about enjoying a bit of cookery. And you know what? You will enjoy it. And it, 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 you can relate to it. The chapters, it's about, there's a chapter of what's in your fridge. There's a bit of home baking. <laughs> even, even, here's one for you right now. Holiday Come on. Eats. There we go. There's a chapter that you are to pay 202 holiday eats because that's where you are right now on holiday, but yet still working. So anyway, and here's another one: waste not, want not, which is yep. about is about what you basically don't throw anything away. So there's a lot of good chapters here. In some of the pictures here, when you when you're dishing up your meat, um, your meat joints, you you've sliced them, and I like you know we had some duck the other night, and it was all beautifully sliced on the plate. Mm. But then of course, if you slice it on the plate, it begins to dry out quicker, doesn't it? So so is that a, is that a yes for you or a no or a I, bit I, of both? Or I, I think the key to good meat cookery is not to cook it too hot. Don't don't. You don't need to turn your ovens up to 220 degrees C. And the key is a good resting afterwards. We don't need to eat our food boiling hot. So food, especially meat, when, if the steam coming off meat when you cut it, you guarantee all the moisture and all the blood is going to go running onto the plate. Uh, and, all, and that's the flavour. Unfortunately, the flavour is running away from the meat. You've got, to, you've got to relax with your cookery. You've got to slow down a little bit and bring the temperature down and not stress out about it. But cutting it... Cutting it either on the plate or on a board doesn't matter. It's all about the preparation. You've got to get the preparation right. Okay, cool dude wise, you've given us two for two in two days. So sitting in that very seat yesterday morning with Jeff Goldblum, you are the coolest chef around. Do you do you ever get hot under the collar in the kitchen? Do you ever lose your rag at all? I think I've 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 yes, I've I've learned <laughs> Yes, I, I've, frankly. I, I, yeah, frankly, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. Do you know I, I've learned to slow down, I've learned to uh, really pick my sort of uh, words carefully. You know, I was a hot headed chef and it's only mistakes that make chefs raise their voices. But one thing that has taught me to, to speak in a different way in the kitchen is Master Chef. It's the place where I go where I'm not allowed to swear, but I'm allowed to, I have to talk to chefs and give them criticism through, yeah. through, through Master Chef and through the camera. And it's interesting because you then learn to how to connect with a cook rather than yeah. just shouting at them at 1,000 miles an hour when you're yeah. in your own kitchen. So, you know, a Master Chef has helped me to sort of sort of calm the P's and Q's, I should say. Uh, all right, the Very kids good. love it. Talk, talking to the kids, um, Noah's here. Um, <coughs> say good morning to Marcus Noah. Good morning, Marcus. Morning, Noah. 
There you are. And he has, a question, he has a question for you oh, from page 102 of Marcus Everyday. Marcus Everyday. Yeah. Come on, off you go. So my question is, what makes the not-so-ordinary tomato sauce not-so-ordinary? Good question. Oh, that is a good question. Well, it's, it's actually flair is what makes it not-so-ordinary. There you go. Something that we all need to bring into our cookery. Um, but it, it's got the... the, the finely chopped ingredients you've got to have great tomatoes and you've also got a little bit of courgette in there as well and a touch of sweet potato so it's a little bit different it's nice give it a shot it's not your your normal ketchup and that's why it's called not so ordinary and what we are doing <laughs> and what we are doing for those picky people that don't like certain types of ingredients we sneak yeah. the ingredients into what we call a tomato sauce and you don't know they're there but it's a little bit healthier than your average ketchup and uh, now marcus is with us back at the top of the tower he's brought some food in for ozzy nick and i but unfortunately we're two thousand miles away so that's not going to happen um but i do believe you have some willing volunteers there marcus you've got no idea what you're missing here <laughs> i have brought in an, a beautiful egg custard tart in fact i had some of the dishes i was going to prepare and bring them in but there's a couple of uh, there was a request for some roast potatoes and i thought i'm not bringing roast oh. potatoes in not 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 for breakfast chris so what i brought in is my fame well it's, it's become famous because of one person that i served it to and it is my egg custard tart as a lancastrian and this has got a wobble like you wouldn't believe chris you have no clue what you're missing out on right you've got some sun over there but you're seriously missing out on something very delicious here uh -huh. i cooked this for the queen on her 80th birthday i've brought it in for the king of radio and he's not even here <laughs> look the queen uh, no she that was that was a decade or a bit ago yeah, wasn't it yeah that would be about 12 years i think yeah, because she came to see us at the BBC uh, to celebrate her 80th and ours. Because I think I think the BBC um, is the same age as the Queen, or something similar to that. I could be wrong. I might be in the tower by the end of the day. <laughs> anyway, so who's going to who's going to taste it for us back there? Well, oh, Dapper Dave looks very willing. Good morning, Chris. Winter Cardi. <laughs> talk into that. Talk into that. Oh man, look at it. It's got a beautiful wobble on it. Cooked this morning. Yeah. What page what? are we on in the book? It's not in this book. Well, I didn't, oh, right. I, no, it's not in this one because I just stole it from the pastry chef this morning who's right. cooking it for lunch at the restaurant in the Barclay oh, and he's man. not happy with me, Chris. Oh. I wasn't bringing roast potatoes in or some other pie that someone asked me to bring in. Right. So I went into the kitchen on the way here and see. I just basically went into the kitchen to see what was cooking and the egg custard tarts were ready. I've taken it for you. The pastry yep. chef's not happy and you're not even here. This is amazing, Chris. But my loss is Dapper Dave's. Oh, Okay, I'm wobbling like you wouldn't believe. Well, you, you haven't got a wobble in you, but if anything could do it, it could be this, I suppose. Um, Marcus, good luck with everything. Well done with your book. Uh, Marcus you. Every Day, Marcus Every Day. Thank you for feeding the team. My pleasure. Back there My in pleasure. London. My pleasure. And happy Christmas to and you. Thank you, you too. Thank you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest actions speak louder than words. She's behind the largest ever community-led ocean cleanup in Tonga, trawled the Arctic Northwest for microplastics, given TED Talks, and even been awarded by royalty. Please welcome a lady that can give us a real notion of the motion of the ocean. It's Sky Ocean Rescue <laughs> Ambassador Emily Penn. Very good, Dave. One of your best, I have to say, and the, Thank you. none of them are... It's never bad, is it? All right, good morning, Em. Good morning. Thank you for coming on the show. So how did you get to be you, for, for a start? So tell us about um, what you did at school what you did after that did you go to uni how did you get the job you're currently enjoying now yeah so I actually trained as an architect at university um, I grew up though sailing small little one person sailing dinghy so always was connected to the ocean um, but when I was 21 I wanted to get to my first job as an architect without taking an aeroplane and so I took a boat across the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean and I came across plastic hundreds of miles from the nearest human being and it didn't make any sense. 
um, and it went from there. Okay, now I always think, you know, we were talking about electric cars last week and about the fact that um, Honda are going to stop making um, all gasoline cars uh, in the next two to three years. Volvo are doing the same. Other companies are going to have to follow VW bringing out a whole fleet of um, electric vehicles next year. Uh, we're going to try and make CarFest uh, carbon neutral. Uh, half the content will be electric CarFest. Hopefully one day it'll sort of be all that with a sort of a, a, a nod to yesteryear, uh, sort of 10, 20%, something like that. But um, Sky, we learned last, last, last week, have been carbon neutral for 13 years. And uh, you've got to take your hat off to, to them. I know we work with them, I know they pay us money, I know they're our commercial partner, but I mean, I was, I was shocked when I heard that. They were the first media company in the world to become entirely carbon neutral. But not only that, if you go uh, to Sky headquarters, uh, just off the A4 there in Isleworth, uh, you are greeted by this massive, massive blue whale. And, and the blue whale is, is, I mean, I don't know if it's life-size, I'm presuming it is life-size, but it's made from um, plastic that has been harvested from our oceans. Now, obviously, you've seen that, but the whole Sky Ocean Rescue program, I should imagine you were the first person they rang, weren't you? Uh, yeah, this going? absolutely. It was there sort of from the early days um, in 2017 when this all began, um, you know, really to shine a spotlight on both the importance of the health of the ocean, um, but really on the simple everyday solutions that there are that we can all be taking to solve it. OK, well, tell us, tell us some of those, please, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, I mean, there's... What it sort of strikes me when I'm out there in the ocean or when I was out with Sky um, a couple of months ago in Hawaii, you realise how, you know, it's bottles, it's coffee cups, it's drinking straws, it's these everyday items that we use in our lives. And it makes us realise that actually the solutions can be quite simple. Um, it's simply using one less bottle, one less bag, um, one less drinking straw is going to all add up to be a really great part of the solution. OK, um, so, so if, if you could, if, off the top of your head, and if you can't, I, it's fine. Um, what, what are the five, the five, the five biggest offenders? Is it plastic straws? Is it coffee cups? Do, do we have a, a sort of fiendish five? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got um, the plastic bottle, the plastic cup, the plastic bag. We've then got things like cutlery, um, you know, drinking straws um, and then containers, you know, food packaging, things like um, uh, the sandwich packet um, and that sort of thing. Can we can we get involved? We can go to skyoceanrescue.com. Uh, what happens when we go there? Can, can, can we organise like I love a litter pick. I love a community litter pick. Obviously, we can have a beach clean, can't we? There are national beach cleaning days. Apparently, Ozzy, Nick and I are going to we're going to ha- try and clean a beach in Portugal later on this afternoon which is fine but however it might be a bit of a problem because Portugal seems to be very much on board with this uh, they see you know when I started coming here 25 years ago they were already sort of uh, 100% sorted when it came to light pollution at night to interrupt the you know the dark skies so we'll have a go um, w- how and where can other people have a go yeah absolutely head over to the Sky Ocean Rescue website um, and connect with people in your local community you know there's so many people globally at the moment who are really excited about this issue and clubbing together, getting out on the coastlines, picking up plastic. Um, it's not the ultimate solution, but it's such a good place to start and it's the place that you will see the problem and really yeah. start to understand where the upstream solutions lie. Yeah, it, it's, it's strange and it's like the opposite of a gold rush, I suppose. Um, it's, a, it's a chill year blood cold rush. Um, so... What are you going to do next? You know, what is your plan for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Uh, well, certainly for the next two years, I'm actually leading an expedition around the world 
um, we're sailing for two years with 300 women um, to look at plastic and toxic pollution and really understand um, what's out there, um, which are the kind of biggest offenders, if you like, or maybe more positively, um, where did the real opportunities on land lie good, to solve good, this problem? Like that, like that. Okay, um, the Chinese. Chinese word for crisis <laughs> is the same as opportunity, so let's go with that, shall we? Um, but it's certainly um, a, a global challenge. We've got 300 women from all different backgrounds, different nationalities, because, you know, our, our ocean doesn't know political boundaries. Um, it, it's We have one ocean that we all share and we need to be tackling this problem together. Uh, we also have, I think, more influence than we realise individually. You know, we all have skills, whether we're a storyteller or a problem solver or a scientist. We all have a unique uh, way that we can actually be tackling this issue. And that's a big part of what X Expedition Around the World, this current project, is all about. Uh, right. Just before we go, um, uh, Noah, my, uh, my oldest uh, uh, boy, uh, ankle biter, he's just arrived. Um, so, Noah, we're doing a beach clean later. You, you up with that? You cool with that? Awesome. All right, and um, we'll try and come up with a, like, we'll have a competition for the five most interesting things we beach comb. Um, um, good or bad, let's just, so I, think, I think the beach here are really clean, but you never know. I mean, and also the more you look, uh, the more you find. Your TED, how many TED Talks have you done? Three. Three? three? TEDx wow. Talks, yeah. TEDx Talks, okay, where have you done those? Um, in Bath, in London, mm. and in Ubud, in Bali. And has it always been the same one, or have you changed it? No, they have been different each time. Okay, and we can watch those online, of course we can. Yeah. And uh, how, how were you with the TEDx experience? Yeah. I love that. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, mm. so many great people all in a room, really enthusiastic about learning new things and collaborating, and it's just such a good vibe. All right, TEDxx, perhaps? Maybe, yeah. Good one. <laughs> okay. Well done, Emma. Thanks so much for being here. Cheers. Thank you. You're awesome. All right, once again, Skies Ocean Rescue. It is a fantastic initiative, and it's what the world needs now. Love, sweet love. SkyOceanRescue.com. Go there right away and see what you can do, how you can get involved and feel better about yourself and help the planet be a little bit better too. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. If Dwayne The Rock Johnson started a family with Westlife, our next guest would be The Offspring. They've been wowing audiences on The X Factor Celebrity, so please welcome a bunch that have swapped a good old bust-up for a thick layer of makeup. It's Tom Evans, Ben Foden and Levi Davis from the Saucy Man Band. Tristar! Good morning, gentlemen! Good morning, Tom! Morning, Chris. How you doing? Mo very well. Morning, Ben! Morning, Chris. Uh, morning, my man Levi. Morning, morning, okay. morning, Chris. Uh, first of all, well done, congratulations. Dapper Dave only said that line about the makeup because he's jealous. Um, <laughs> we know you don't need a thick layer of makeup, nor does he, unfortunately. If you want a fourth, by the way, he's your man. Would he fit in nicely, Dapper Dave? Though? Definitely. Dapper Dave is lives up to the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ladies and some gentlemen, Aussie Nick, he doesn't disappoint. All uh, right. So how did you three ne'er-do-wells get together? Come on, Ben, lead the charge on the story. How did this happen? Um, I heard a rumour that the X Factor was changing... Uh, the way it was doing it this year and uh, I sort of gave my agent a nudge and said try and find out the ins and outs and so basically I got on a phone call with them and they said they are looking to do it uh, and they said would I be interested in forming a, a rugby band and uh, they said did I know anyone obviously Tom Evans first one off the list I was like I know a guy <laughs> who will 100% be fully involved in this uh, and, uh, and and so he was the first name and then it was just between me and him and and then Levi came along and we all met and just did like a, a vocal practice and obviously Levi's voice just was like 
Yeah, it's a wow. simple decision. Yeah, let's check this guy in. We'll piggyback him the whole way to the finish line. <laughs> right, so, so, <laughs> well, at least you're honest. Because <laughs> it's what we're all thinking. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not what we're all thinking. OK, so, so Ben, if this all goes... Um, terrible it's your fault if not it's down to you yeah. uh, which is great i'll take okay, that so, responsibility it's fine <laughs> so, so levi were you already ar- around the sort of x-factor celebrity cloud at the time or were you were you hauled in uh, no i wasn't actually um i literally did a singing video for bt sport and um literally uh, my agent sent it off and and then they were like yeah we, we like the way you sound so uh come come meet these guys and and have a singing practice as ben said uh, down in london and and then from there we uh we went to LA, eh? Hey. So, <laughs> not, not a bad place to start now. Uh, and now, there's no doubt about it, and, you know, and I hear Mighty talk, that, that Tom and Ben can definitely hold down a tune, but you are miles better than the both of them. So, um, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's right, this song... Is this, is, this, is this something you talk about openly or is it just now on the radio with me? Well, well, Louis was the first one to say it. He was like, Levi, you've, you've got, got the, the voice. voice. And we were literally like, oh, cheers, Louis, thanks for that. But uh, we know that, that Levi's seriously talented and, and we love it. We, we like to think we have our own place in the band as yeah. well. We all yeah. bring different things to the party. Oh, Tom, Tom's got, Tom's Nicely got, Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom's got his, uh, his loose hips. He, he, we're from Strictly, so, uh, you know, I, I'm I just order trying a mean to emulate coffee. him. <laughs> yeah, well, Drive the van, you... order the coffee. But, but look, we, Tom, we got to talk about. We just got to get it out there. So treat this as therapy before before the live show on okay, Saturday. Okay. Um, but you know, you, you you've seen the space shuttle. You know when it jettisons the two engines. You know the two fuel <laughs> tanks. You know that, that yeah. bit. There. You know when that yeah. happens. Yeah. Because Simon has been known to say, "Look, uh, it's crunch week, um, guys. There's a there's a there's a, an elephant in the room here. It's it's time for the for the for the two bookends to go, Levi. It's one of, <laughs> it, I mean, it has happened on the. You know, what are the whispers backstage, Tom? Yeah. Um, you're right, Chris, it has happened in the past. I'm hoping that it doesn't happen to us. Um, but yeah, never say never. <laughs> We're talking to TriStar. If you just tuned in, uh, this is TriStar. We have Ben and we have Levi and we have my cousin Tom, who are going to be on the X Factor again live. Now, what is it called? A fast pass or a safe seat when Simon says you don't need to go to the public vote? You're, you're my shoe in. What does it call that phrase? What are you when you get picked? Yeah, just 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 called the save me seat. I think they've um, save me seat included it this year. But we were so lucky enough to get that last uh, Saturday in our performance. Right. weren't expecting it at all, and it was uh, it was definitely uh, definitely a great thing. Right, it's not just Levi that's got the save me seat. Both of you as well. Well, he sits on the seat. We stand next <laughs> yeah. to him. There's only one seat. We chaperone him from behind. So. <laughs> I'm only joking, of course I am. Um, so uh, is it, now you were you were. You had a song that you were thinking about singing. This is the big thing now. Uh, you, had the, you had a song that you were thinking about singing on Saturday. And then um, the geniuses, uh, the genius producers at the X Factor, and they are so good at their jobs, or Simon himself or someone, came to you with another suggestion, um, which was a brilliant suggestion, but it presented you with a real dilemma. So first of all, what was the idea? And then tell us uh, what has been the combination of your thought process on the back of that idea. So Simon came to us with this uh, amazing idea, like you said, Chris, uh, to sing Swing Low Sweet Chariot, um, which uh, could potentially be uh, incredible if England win. But, but also, I think it would be endearing if England lose because it shows, you know, three rugby players, well, an ex-rugby player myself, uh, showing support to a home nation making the final of a Rugby World Cup, which is obviously an unbelievable achievement but it's it would just it would add to the whole performance obviously of England win um, but I think you know we're going to do it in the way that we want to do it and uh, 
Yeah, to say to say that we were fully committed though, we did go in on the on the Monday. We were like, absolutely not. This will be a car crash. And then we went yeah. back, thought about it, and just thought, actually, you know what? The opportunity has fallen onto our laps. What better way to support England by, you know, doing England's sort of like rugby Anthem. chant that, yeah, that, yeah. that echoes around exactly. the stadium? You know, I've played for England before, and I've heard the crowd sing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot," and it does raise the hairs on the back of your neck. So. A little dot of the cap, win or win or lose. Hopefully, it'll be a win, which will, will definitely help our case anyway. If we do that, when we do that song, uh, but it'll be a, a nice dot of the cap to the boys and what they've achieved. Well, well done, uh, you three. Um, you know, if, if this was a rugby match, um, if the X Factor was a Rugby World Cup final, and it, it isn't the final of its own show yet, but if it was, I would be telling you two, you two wingers there, to wrap that man in cotton wool. <laughs> your star player, He's get him in cotton wool, and yeah, don't yeah. let him out of your sight. All they until do, Saturday mate, is night. abuse me. He's a hard man to control, though. Yeah. That's the problem. Uh, well, well, you just bear that in mind when it comes to contract negotiations, <laughs> Levi. And I'm happy to represent you. Don't worry about that. Uh, well done, boys. Thank you so much. Cheers, 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 cheers. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget, you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast, and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.